Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Part 2 of the message, Fruitfulness, and my sub-theme is Waiting Time. Waiting time. To be fruitful is to be profitable, to be prolific, or to produce many good results. Hallelujah. But last week we identified three seasons in the life cycle of every individual, every plant, every project. And we submitted that everything has three seasons, each of which has different characteristics and therefore different required behaviors. We named the three as seed time, waiting time, and harvest time. And last week we focused on seed time from Isaiah 28. And for purposes of recap, we said five things about seed time. The first being that purpose determines preparation. We spoke about purposeful preparation, that what you are trying to do determines how you prepare. The second thing we said is that you must sow the right seed and sow it in the right environment. Environment matters. So you must sow the right seed and sow it in the right place. The third thing we said about seed time is that we must have a sense of timing because everything that God does has its timing. And so for us to optimize results or to bear fruit and be productive, we need to have a sense of timing. The fourth thing we said is that working with God involves a process. And it's not just a matter of jumping to the conclusion, but it involves a step-by-step process. And so we must learn to appreciate detailed processes. And that is how to work with God. The fifth and final thing we said last week about seed time was that we must learn to sacrifice at seed time. At seed time, you don't have parties by heart, as they say in, in Ghanaian English. You recognize that you are now starting, you are now building. You may not be able to drive the kind of car you want because you are beginning. And that is very important. Today, we want to move on from seed time and look at waiting time. Waiting. Waiting or waiting for the harvest. Now, the word waiting brings a number of other words to mind like tarrying expectation. When we say somebody is waiting, it brings the idea of hope. It brings the idea of looking. And so, what have we got to say about waiting time? In the book of Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, Bible establishes the universality of the law of seed time and harvest time. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. It says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. What the Bible is saying is that as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and there will be harvest time because it is a universal principle. But I like what some theologians say about this verse. They say the word seed time must be broken into seed and time. So that while the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest shall not cease. And that time there represents the waiting It is submitting to you that when you sow a seed, there will be a need for some waiting. And one explore what are the secrets 
of waiting. Every one of us is waiting for something. Every one of us has a word God has spoken over your life that you are waiting to manifest. Every one of us has a seed you have sown that you are waiting upon the Lord to experience the harvest of. Now, what are the secrets of waiting? How do we position ourselves when we are waiting? What should we do and what should we not do in a time of waiting? I want to share four principles about waiting for our benefit. And I want to call them the secrets of waiting. The secrets of waiting. The first one is that there are varying waiting or gestation periods. There are varying maturity or gestation periods. Now, gestation period simply refers to the time lapse between conception and maturity or seed time and harvest time. The length of time it takes from when something is conceived until it is delivered. And so, when we say there are varying maturity or gestation periods, what do we mean? The first thing we want to establish is that there would always be a waiting period when you sow. There would always be a waiting period when you sow. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 1, the Bible says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Now the Bible took time to explain the fact that when you sow, when you cast your bread, when you cast your seed, when you invest in something, you will get it back. But after many days. It didn't tell us what the many days mean. But one thing at least we know is that you will not get it instantly. Many of us cast our bread upon the waters and then we walk on the river bank trying to harvest it immediately. Tell somebody it doesn't work that way. Hallelujah. There is often a temptation or a tendency to look for immediate manifestation. You listen to somebody sharing God's word or you listen to somebody who has spent time studying the word and you want to become like the person and you wish you could become like that overnight there is always something called many days that means that morning after morning you wake up yourself and you go into the word and you study the word for yourself and build a culture a lifestyle a continuous habit of looking into the scriptures, studying it without fail, and perfecting yourself in that. Now, when you spend time daily studying the word, it may not show immediately, but after many days, when you come across a situation, you don't scratch your head. The word just comes because you have built up reserves. It is important to understand how it works. The transformation of our lives is a process. And we'll find it after many days. Let's all say many days. And so no matter what seed you may have sown, you have to wait for maturity or perfection. Whether you have served in the house of the Lord as a church worker, you have lived a life of integrity and good stewardship at the workplace, And sometimes it looks like those who are cheating, those who are doing the wrong thing, seem to be getting ahead of you. There is something called many days. Hallelujah. When you start a business, there is something called many days. When you invest in a financial instrument, there is something called many days. When you walk in obedience to God's word, there is something called many days. When you are nurturing a relationship there is something called many days. This is not microwave. 
it takes time to nurture meaningful relationships. When you are learning and developing yourself, it takes time. When you want to put aside bad habits and cultivate good habits, it takes time. When you want to imbibe God's word through daily Bible study, all these are seeds that we sow. But the gestation period involves time. Now, waiting can sometimes be likened to the lights of a traffic signal. So you get to the traffic light when it shows red. You stop. Your original intention is to go. That is your ultimate destination, the harvest. But you will stop at the traffic light. And then you will plan. You will think. You will ponder. And after a while, they will say yellow. That means get ready. And then green means move. And then you start moving. But you realize that while this description may capture it in a sense the yellow of the traffic light comes and goes too fast and that is not how the waiting in seed time is it is many days if you look at the life of a farmer a farmer could use three days to plant his corn and maybe at harvest time use another three days to harvest but the period between the planting and the harvest will not be three days or even three weeks. That will be three months. In a sense, it is obvious that the waiting period is often the longest part of the life cycle. When an aircraft is traveling to a destination, the takeoff can be likened to the sea time. And the landing, the destination, arriving at the airport can be likened to the harvest. But the period between that takeoff and that landing is the real flight. And that normally carries the longest period of time. In reality, my dear friends, many of the things that we do, we spend a lot of our time waiting. Tell somebody you are waiting. Tell the best I can see that you are waiting. The gestation period varies from person to person. From situation to situation, from plant to plant, the human being takes nine months from conception to delivery. Corn takes three months. From the time you plant tomatoes to the time when you harvest, it takes two months. But when you move to something like mango, from the time you plant to you harvest your first fruit, you are looking at six to ten years. Of course, there are improved varieties that will give you three years for your first harvest. A coconut tree takes six to ten years before you will see your first fruit. And even for that, it is until it reaches 15 years that it hits peak production. Rubber plantation takes seven years for you to get your first fruit. But guess what? When you plant a teak plantation, you know teak, the one that is used for electric poles. When you plant a teak plantation, it takes 30 to 40 years. Tell somebody after many days. So depending on what you are doing in life, the time between when you start something and when you see the final results, could be very long. Ministerially, or in the scriptures, you realize that Moses at age 40 had a clear witness in his life that he had an assignment that related to the liberty or the freedom of Israel. But he spent another 40 years waiting to manifest that calling. Jesus appeared in the temple at age 12 and began to debate the religious leaders of the time and that was a signal about the calling on his life. But he had to wait another 18 years to start his ministry at age 30. Obviously, Joseph at age 17 saw a clear signal 
of greatness sitting on his life. And he even had an indication that that greatness had something to do with dreams. But between that recognition, that realization, that witness in his spirit, that seed of greatness, and the time he stood before Pharaoh were 13 years of waiting, some of which were not very pleasant. Waiting varies from person to person, but most importantly, there is a waiting period. Now, let me establish that when God calls you something that involves a long wait, if you don't walk with wisdom, your strength can fail. If a farmer plants a teak plantation and he looks at that one as his main source of income or her main source of income and is waiting for the results to manifest, he or she can die. If they just keep waiting. And so sometimes understanding what you have planted may require you to do what they call in agriculture mixed cropping. Those who plant rubber know they need to wait for seven years for their first fruit. And so in between the rows of rubber, they plant plantain and they plant cassava. So that these in the years between seed time and harvest time can provide some nourishment, some support while they pursue the original dream. Now, this is very important for many of us because the God we work with will always show you the end from the beginning. And if you don't understand the timing and the preparation required, you know you will become one day. But the waiting period can wear you down if you don't build blocks in between. May the Lord grant us wisdom to understand our times in our seasons. Hallelujah. The second thing I want to say about waiting is that it starts with death and uncertainty. Waiting starts with death and uncertainty. In John chapter 12 verse 24, the Bible alludes to a certain process that a seed goes through And suggests that the seed must die first. So the waiting for the harvest starts with death. In John 12, 24, it says, Most assuredly, that means without a doubt, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Now, that sounds very frightening. What this is saying is that when you set off on the journey, it starts with death. Something must die. Something must be sacrificed on the altar. And you will go through a period where you are not sure whether what you have done will work. Let's face it. When you plant corn, you plant beans, you plant anything. You have put it in the ground and you have sealed it. If it doesn't come, what do you do? So, the first sign that it will come is when a few days after, the reign of God's presence, the reign of God's favor, the reign of God's strength falls on the seed and it dies underneath and then something little, very little begins to come. Elijah's servant called it a cloud like a man's hand. When you see it, you say it will be well. Between the sowing of the seed and that small signal is a period of uncertainty. You ask yourself, what if Will this work? It is almost like the journey of Israel from Egypt to the promised land. 
And so, for years, 430 years, they were waiting for the manifestation of a promise. And then one day, God says, time to go. Now, let's say that is their seed time. But you will appreciate that the moment they went out of Egypt, the first experience was to go into the Red Sea and come out. That is a type of dying and resurrecting. That is a type of seeing the sudden hope you came out of Egypt with being tested so brutally. And in that period, you know that one second, one minute, everything can go. It happens to all of us. You walk in a journey with God. You take a step of faith. You are walking a journey with God. You separate yourself from something that everyone else is doing and compromising. And for that period, you are alone. Asking yourself, did I do the right thing or the wrong thing? I was interviewing a business leader celebrating 20 years of business. And I asked her, what is the most significant experience you've had? And she says, as a Christian, there was a day when an opportunity came for a particular business. And I passed the contract document to my lawyer to do the due diligence. And my lawyer said to me, some things are not right in the thing. And so, don't take it. And she says, the contract was big. The opportunity was big. But at the same time, she knew that her faith matters, her values matter, and she can't make choices anyhow. She says, when she hesitated, she lost the contract. And the amount intimidated her. She thought about how much she she could have made from that one deal. But looking back 20 years after, oh, God has been good. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. When we take a stand for Christ and decide that it may cost us, it may push us, this perfection would push us. Let us walk with God all the way from beginning to the end and be assured that faithful is he who has called you and he will do it. Tell your neighbor he will do it. Tell your neighbor, I know, I believe, I am assured that he will do it. Hallelujah. Sometimes when you are going through this period of uncertainty, self-doubt can set in. What if the weather is unfavorable? What if some goats come and chew my corn? Every kind of question will come up in your mind. What if somebody opens another shop next to me and suddenly nobody comes to my own again? What if they build a road and divert the road from the main road and suddenly my road is not a relevant road anymore? Sometimes in that period, you will deny yourself of things that you normally will have access to. You will live a quality of life probably below what you are used to because there is something you are pursuing. But in that season, what you need most is focus and discipline. Hallelujah. When you are walking through your wilderness, when Israel came out of Egypt and went through the Red Sea, 40 years later, they crossed the Jordan and entered the promised land. But in between was the wilderness. And that is the period of waiting. That is the period of uncertainty. Will there be water? Will there be food? And the period in the wilderness is a period of total dependence on God. Hallelujah. When you are waiting upon the Lord you totally depend on God you look up to God for direction 
you look up to God for guidance and you focus on God and you discipline yourself. Hallelujah. Waiting time comes with death and uncertainty. The third thing about waiting I would like to say is that it requires protection, care, and the nurturing of your plant. Now, this is one of the most important things I'm I'm going to be saying tonight. When you have planted a seed, or even if you look at your life as a planting of God, the waiting time of your life requires protection. It requires care. It requires nurturing. And I'm going to show you five different manifestations of this for us to understand. There are some seeds that you plant and after a while you know this seed is bad. This approach is bad. This choice is bad. You are investing in a relationship and you know this relationship will take me away from God. This relationship will destroy me. You start the journey and you know this one, it is going nowhere. From afar, it looks good. As you start coming closer, you realize, hmm, this one, it is ungodly. In Matthew seven nineteen, the Bible stipulates what to do with a bad, a bad tree. And so, caring, protecting, and nurturing sometimes involves cutting down some things. Everybody say cut. In Matthew seven nineteen, Bible says, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Friends, let me submit that sometimes in our lives, we come to the conclusion that some things will not take us anywhere. Sometimes in our walk with God, we come to a conclusion that certain choices, certain relationships, certain lifestyles, certain things will not take us anywhere. At that point, it is not, oh, but you see, this is how I've always been. Bible says cut. Every tree that doesn't bear good fruit must be cut and thrown into the fire. We need to boldly make some cuts before we can be fruitful. Some of us must sit down and examine ourselves. Bible says whether you are in the faith. Examine the choices we make. Examine our relationships. Examine the lives we live and ourselves without anyone asking cut some things. Tell somebody cut. Sometimes it's not just about cutting the whole thing but about pruning. Now pruning is where you take shears and you cut off some leaves, you cut off some branches, you cut off some stems. The tree is fine but there are some attachments to it that are dead, unproductive, unhelpful. You take your shears Or if the plant is small, you take your scissors and you cut off dead wood. What does it mean? It means that for every one of us, we must be able to conduct some kind of surgery in this year of perfection. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 gives us an idea about what to do. It says, therefore, we also... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Why would a man or a woman running a race carry a short part and put it on your neck and try to run? Why would you carry the weights that the weightlifters lift of your own volition and try and run with it? Will you be able to run? Is it possible that some of us are carrying some dead weights with us? Some things that become traps between our, our legs and they cause us to stumble and we are trying to carry them and run the race at the same time and we are not getting the results we want and we are wondering why. Bible says lay aside 
lay aside every weight, every dead wood, every unproductive habit, every unproductive relationship, lay it aside. And the sin that easily ensnares us, this year would require us to make choices. Let's all say choices. Let's all say choices. Say I. Add your name. Albert. I will cut. I will prune. I will make the right choices. So help me God. Put your hands together for yourselves. Sometimes the seed or the plant will require watering. Watering or irrigation. You have a promise of God. You are waging warfare with that promise. You are getting faint along the line. You have trusted God and said, I will wait upon the Lord to give me a Christian partner. Now, between the time of your declaration and the manifestation, there is a time lapse. And you are wondering whether the dynamics should remain the same or there can be some adjustments and discussions. Because time is going. Now, in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10 and verse 11, we get an idea about how to water or how to irrigate the seed that we have sown. That seed of a promise God made. That seed of a vision that you are carrying that you know God said it. That seed of something that you have birthed in your spirit and you are carrying it. Isaiah gives us a prescription about how to water that seed. It says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Friends, God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent. Whatever he has said, he has the willingness and the capacity and the power to deliver it in your life. Amen. Bible says the word that God has spoken shall accomplish the purpose for which it has been sent. So when you come to the point of dryness, when you feel drained and dry, the solution is not to run away from God. The solution is to load God's word. Affirm God's word. Water your life with God's word. It is written. This is what the Lord said concerning me. Repeat the scriptures. Let the word well up in your spirit. Surround yourself with the word. At a time of uncertainty, when there is dryness and seeming lack surrounding your vision, that is the time when you are driving, you are listening to the word. When you lie down to sleep, sometimes plug headphones in your ears and let it just read the word to you over and over and over again. The word of God is water, it is nourishing, it is powerful, and it brings strength. Hallelujah. The amazing thing about God's word is that sometimes when we listen over and over, it seems almost routine. But sometimes just in one moment, something will just pop up. And that will be the Rima word for you. That will be the strength that you need. That will be the direction that you need. And you ask yourself, why didn't I think of this earlier? When you open up your heart and you open up your spirit and continually receive God's word through the medium of his word, God will bring direction, God will bring instruction, and God will bring hope to run the journey and to finish it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The fourth thing that you need to do in protecting your plant is fencing. Fencing it. Sometimes the farmer will plant or cultivate a farm and create a fence around it. In fact, sometimes they even put a scarecrow 
to scare away birds. What is the significance of that? You are saying that not everything is allowed within my space. Not everything is allowed to enter my space. I am waiting for a certain harvest. And while I wait for it, I am protecting myself from infiltration that will contaminate the seed, contaminate the plant, or destroy my hope. In Proverbs 4, verse 23, Bible says, keep. Another version says, guard, and I like that one. Guard your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. We can't plant a farm and go to bed. We can't walk a journey with God and lay a foundation and take it for granted that the, the, the fruit will come. That is not what the Bible prescribes. Indeed, the Bible suggests that when you plant the wheat and go to sleep in the night, an enemy will come and plant tests. Hallelujah. And so you need to guard your heart. Guard the word. Guard the seed. Watch over the project. If God said it, watch over it. There is a reason why God gave that seed to you. You are the perfect candidate for God to nurture that vision and make it a reality. Do you know that when God uses you to do anything that brings glory and honor to his name, you have literally formed a partnership with God for the project. Do you know that? Whether it is the use of your talent in service to God, whether it's the use of divine wisdom to build any project, any dream, God partners with you. He gives you the strength. Remember the Lord thy God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. So in the partnership that we have with God, he gives us the power and we get the wealth. Tell somebody it's a partnership. It's a partnership with God. God has a partnership with us. He has the role that he plays and we have the role that we play. And for that to happen, we must understand the partnership. The fifth thing I would like to say about protection is technology. We must use the right tools and the right technology at every stage in the process. In Isaiah 28, verse 27, which we read last week, the Bible says, For the black coming is not threshed with a threshing sledge, nor is a cat wheel rolled over the coming. But the black coming is beaten out with a stick and the coming with a rod. What was, the Bible was, was describing is the fact that every plant has the way it is planted. And every seed has the way it is handled. And even for the same plant, at different stages in the life cycle different technologies are required. And so in the agricultural setting, I can imagine that when you are clearing a forest or a rough place to start planting, you bring in a tractor and you just plow. But when you've planted your beans and your cassava and your corn and it's at this stage, you don't bring in the plow and start grading and plowing the whole thing. No! That is not the appropriate technology. Hallelujah. Understanding the times and seasons of your life means knowing what you should do at every stage. And so you want to grow in the scriptures. You are coming from a background where you are not that strong in the word. And you say, in this year of perfection, I want to grow in the word. Get a devotional. Get a guide 
that is your technology for status. Get a devotional. So you take the scripture and then the devotional shows you what to read and then you understand it. Now, as you build capacity from the devotional, a time will come when your appetite will grow and then you will buy a concordance. You want to understand some words more and you want to explore some themes a bit more. Now, beyond the concordance, you will say, I want to add Bible commentaries. Because there are some things I want to study in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin and explore them a bit more. And beyond some time, you tell yourself, listen, every year I'm going to read the Bible from beginning to end in the year. Now, you don't start and read one chapter a day and then when it reaches November, you say, oh, I haven't reached anywhere. No, there are technologies available to help you read the Bible in a year. So you get a Bible study guide, a Bible reading guide, or a software. There are even softwares that can help you apportion the Bible into bits from January till December. And for some of them, even when you skip it, the next day it will give you your arrears from last term. Before it gives you your bill for this term. And you will read it. Tell somebody you need technology. And so for every seed you plant, everything you need to do, you must understand the required technology for achieving success. The fourth and final point you want to make about waiting for the harvest or the gestation period is that your faith will be tested. Your faith will be tested. The enemy will come in in that long waiting period and ask you questions. That is the methodology of the enemy. The enemy will question your commitment to godliness. The enemy will question your faithfulness in tithing and first fruits. The enemy will question your commitment to maintaining godly relationships. The enemy will question your commitment in finding a Christian spouse. The enemy will question your commitment to stay away from corruption in the office. Everything you set your heart to do for the glory of God, the enemy will come and say, did God say? Are you sure? Are there no other alternatives? But by the way, is this really wrong? That is how the enemy operates. And when you are not grounded in what you yourself believe, it is almost like somebody saying, you, you can't see your tie. And you believe, you look in the mirror, you believe you've dressed well, and then somebody says, oh, your tie is not straight. Now, if you are not convinced yourself, you go around tell, asking, please look, is my tie Okay. The person says it's okay, but you, you, because one person told you there is something wrong with your tie, something wrong with your hair, something wrong with something, no matter how, how many times other people validate that it is fine, you still keep asking yourself, is it true that, and that is exactly how the enemy operates. While you will sow a seed of God's word, God's promise, God's prophetic word, and you are holding onto it, the enemy to comes to sow a seed. That is the wheat and the test. When you go to sleep, the enemy comes to sow a different kind of seed. And that seed begins to permeate and spread. How do we react to it? When you lift up your eyes to the Lord and you are waiting upon the Lord to bring you to the place of promise and the enemy begins to throw doubt or cast doubt in James chapter 1 verse 2 and verse 3 Bible says my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the trial or the testing of your faith produces patience but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete Lacking nothing. Tonight I came to announce to somebody that patience will perfect you. 
I said, patience will perfect you. As you patiently hold on to God's word and understand that there is a process, even when the enemy whispers something, patience will perfect you. Now, why, Bible said, the testing of your faith. Why is a student tested? Two reasons. A student is tested, every good teacher, the good ones, there are some that are not good. But every good teacher tests a student for two reasons. The first is to confirm that what they have been taught, they have learned it. And the second is because they are due for promotion. And so whilst the testing period may stretch us, the only reason why Bible says God tested Abraham was because God wanted to be sure that the things that in his relationship he had birthed inside Abraham, Abraham had the revelation and an understanding of it. That is why when he passed the test, God said, now I know. God is omnipotent. Why did God say, now I know? God is saying, you have confirmed that I can trust you. May somebody pass the test of your faith this year. And after Abraham had passed the test, God said, now you are ready for promotion. Hallelujah. How many are ready for a promotion? Wonderful. It will come to you as you walk with the Lord. The final thing I want to say about the test of our faith. Let me share something very interesting with you. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. It is important to note that the strength to finish comes from God. Hallelujah. Every one of us is waiting for something. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord. That means that even though you are waiting for the manifestation of something that is in your heart, that weight must focus on God who gave you the dream in the first place. And so he says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. In the preceding verses, it suggests that the strength that we have can fail even, even if you are young people. Even the young shall fail and the youth shall utterly fall. Which means that those who are supposed to be strong, those who are supposed to have strength, can sometimes fail when the expectation is not met. But the good news is that as we wait upon God, God gives us the strength. May God give you the strength to finish this year in power and in glory. Hallelujah. Let me end with a story. So two people went to plant an acre. One planted tomatoes and the other planted yam. Of different gestation periods, in a couple of months, the tomato farmer harvested his crops. And in the next part in this series, we talk about harvest time. Harvest time is a time for celebration. Harvest is a time for rest. Harvest is a time for rejoicing. And so this person starts celebrating. But nothing was happening with a young farmer. And he stood at the fence that separated their farms and looked over the fence and saw how the tomato farmer was living good. And you know how when sometimes things go well for us and others is not going that well for them, we whistle some kind of whistling that will remind you that <laughs> tomorrow your turn will come. And the more jubilant the tomato farmer was, 
the more the young farmer questioned his choices, asked himself questions about the line he had told. After a while, he said to himself, it is in vain to plant yam when he could have planted tomatoes because to his limited understanding, yam was just a, a, a plant going round in circles round a stick and he was seeing no fruit. And so one day, at the point of greatest provocation, he decides that enough is enough. And so he takes a cutlass and goes through the farm clearing all the yam so that he has learned his lesson. Now he will plant tomatoes. Now, as he cleared the farm, he thought about how unfair life was and how some people God blesses them and others God doesn't care about them. When he got to the last plant, with tears in his eyes, comparing himself and feeling cheated, he swung the cutlass one last time. And somehow the cutlass cut a bit into the ground. Then he saw something white and juicy showing in the earth. So out of curiosity, he began to dig and found out that two weeks more and the yam would have matured. The lesson is simply this. Somebody's own comes in the morning. Somebody's own comes in the afternoon. Somebody's own comes in the evening. Somebody's own is above Somebody's own is beneath. Somebody's own is red. Somebody's own is brown. The God we serve deals with each of us differently. But as we wait upon the Lord and we allow him, he will perfect that which concerns us. May the name of Jehovah God be glorified in your life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 Zero, zero, zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. No more searching. The light has come.